0: Episode of couple of sixes. It's been a while. I'm
1: yes, Justin. Uh and I'm Arjun. And today we're gonna to be talking about the NBA playoffs as a whole and uh especially the NBA finals.
0: Yeah, because we're kinda like in the middle of the finals right now as we're recording this. Denver's it, up three
1: one. It could end today.
0: Could end today.
1: It will end today. <laughs> we'll see. Uh but yeah. Yeah, so uh, last time we recorded a podcast, it was in the middle of – no, sorry. It was at the end of the NFL season, so in the middle of February. Uh, that's when sort of – that was like after All-Star break when we started like to see what teams were made of, what teams were going to contend, and which teams were fake. And um, it also is when some of the teams decided to blow it up and some of the teams decided to make trades. So the teams look totally different from when they were uh, from today than when they were when we last recorded. So we're going to be talking about all of that. And then we're going to be diving into the game, the last four games of the final series and tonight's game.
0: Yeah, so why don't you start us off? Because I haven't really been like, I know who's on what team now, but I don't really know the exact trades that went on and all the free agency stuff. Okay, so why don't, so- you, why don't you get us all up to date on that?
1: The biggest things that happened, uh happened post trade deadline was the Nets blew it up, they traded Kyrie to the Mavs, and they traded K D to the Suns. So those were really the two big trades. The Lakers were able to trade Westbrook for D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley, and Jared Vanderbilt. They were able to go for the thirteenth seed to the seventh seed. Um the Warriors got Gary Payton back and then that was actually a really big move because Gary Payton was a huge part of why they won the championship last season, so people thought they might repeat with him. And uh, most of the other teams, like the Nuggets, the Celtics, the Heat, the uh, the Bucks, they didn't really change. The only big thing that happened was the Heat got Kevin Love from the buyout market. But most of the contending teams, or the big teams everyone thought was going to win, stayed the same.
0: Yeah, which Kevin Love... Hasn't really been doing too much recently, so that wasn't a, a huge thing.
1: Yeah. But, um, so we can sort of talk about some of the surprises of the playoffs and some of the uh, big shocks of the early round. Uh, if I'm gonna start, if that's okay with you.
0: Yeah, that's fine. Why don't you, like, you start talking about it and I'll just add on.
1: The biggest shock for me wasn't even in the playoffs. It's that the Mavericks fell from, like, the fifth seed, sixth seed, hanging around there, to out-of-playoff contention with back-to-back losses to the Hornets, the Hornets of all teams. And even after they got Kyrie, like, everyone thought that duo should be able to work because the the amount of offense they have, I guess it's not the best defensive backcourt, but – Kyrie's not really a defensive liability, and the way that defense just felt, or the way that duo just felt, not the duo per se, because Kyrie played actually right really well, the way that team felt flat on its face down the stretch of the season, and sort of just accepted that they were going to be a lottery team was really shocked to me with the amount of talent they have.
0: Yeah, I mean, I didn't watch, like, Mavs games. I don't really watch all the NBA games during the regular season. Um, so what, what really happened there that set them back
1: like that? Um, during the Kyrie trade, they traded, uh, they traded away one of their best defensive pieces, Dorian Finney-Smith, and both Kyrie and Luca sort of, like, missed time down the stretch as well, which just led it to be, like, you only have one offensive creator on the team, and now you, like, have given up your back. In my opinion, Dorian Fury Smith was the best defender. You've given up your best defender, and also the team is like really poorly coached, uh, especially with the Christian Wood situation, who he was one of their better players, and the best big man on the team, and, yet, and the coach kind of just refused to give him minutes uh, down the stretch of games, or and even refused to start him.
0: Okay, so going into next season, what do you think? We're going to see kind of the same thing going on. Or maybe them do a little bit better because both Kyrie and Luka would be there. I don't know. What do you think?
1: Well, over the offseason, Kyrie might sign to a different team because he is a free agent. I'm not sure if it's restricted or unrestricted, but he could definitely – I think it's unrestricted because he he could go – there's rumors that he could go to the Lakers, obviously. There's always rumors everybody could go to the Lakers. But he could also go to Houston. Uh, I've seen, I've seen, yeah, the Lakers in Houston is a really two big options there. So, or and the Suns as well. But,
0: mm-hmm. all okay. right. Yeah. Um, well, later down in the podcast, I just thought of something. We got to talk about the draft and a couple of the people that got drafted. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, so let's move on to the next next team.
1: Um, so then do you want to talk about the Heat and the Buck series or just the Heat in general?
0: Well, I'm kind of a Heat hater. I know we live in Florida and everything, but I kind of just hate the Heat. And no, it's not just because they beat the Knicks. Um, I don't know. Tell about the fans that kind of just get to me. And then the team itself, like, they shouldn't be good. They really shouldn't. Like, they're not that good. They're not that special.
1: Yeah, um the only reason they really they made it this far because the team as you see is um very streaky especially max shrews and kayla vincent or kayla martin and uh, gabe vincent they're all really uh streaky shooters but in the uh in the buck series we saw jimmy really take the load of the team i was like 37 points per game and will them to victory and then in the next two rounds, the Celtics and the Knicks is really a team effort. And then you see in this Nugget series, all the like role players sort of fell back down to earth how they were playing in the regular season.
0: Yeah, I mean, that team, they're comprised of like a bunch of second round, third round undrafted, like all these random players that just came together and kind of just put something put on a show. Um Especially, like, with the shooters and stuff. Max Series, Caleb Martin, them specifically.
1: Yeah, so... uh, the, I want to go more into the uh, Bucs Heat series, which, obviously, in the first game, both Giannis and Tyler Hero both got injured. Tyler had a wrist injury, I think it was, and then Giannis was something in the lower leg. Um, But the Heat... At that point in the game, when both players got injured, we're already blowing them out. So that was, that win was, even though Giannis got injured in the middle game, that win was a bit surprising because he did play, like, a lot of the game. And when he did get injured, they were already, like, getting blown out. But then game two, no Giannis. The Bucks somehow win that game. And in that moment, I thought the Heat series, or the Heat season was over. Especially since I'd see them losing the play of to the Hawks they barely beat the bulls and now you're 1-1 you just lost without their best player it it should have been over in that moment especially with coming back in a uh, game 4 but jimmy just i think it was in i think it was in that game 4 when he had a 50 point game or a 49 point game uh and then he had to he had two really critical uh threes in the clutch and a lot of their shooters just in the big moments in the clutch of the game were hitting their shots and they were all the old clicking and it was just so surprising to see that this Bucks team just getting ran over like that.
0: Yeah, honestly I thought the Heat were like first round exits. Not gonna lie. Like I remember thinking back to the beginning of the playoffs now. I'm like they're not making it past like I don't know. They're not making it past the first round.
1: I predicted them to beat the Hawks in a play-in and then lose to the Celtics. And then they go on and beat the Celtics in the Eastern Conference Finals.
0: Yeah. Um, I don't know. I feel like there's something that these teams need to figure out about the Heat. Because the Celtics and the Knicks, they can they could have both won those series easily. Now no, once okay. they say, what happened?
1: I don't know about the Knicks because it tooks like it took Jalen Brunson playing the series of his life just for them to even have a chance. Because their player Julius Randle is one of the biggest playoff droppers in like the league right now. Don't even get me started on him. As long as he's <laughs> on the team, that. as long as he's on the team, they're probably not going to make much noise in the playoffs.
0: I don't know. Well, I'm just saying, like in those those two series specifically that when they're down like the other team is down and they make that type of comeback there's something that's going wrong for the heat you know what i mean like oh, yeah. it's it's not like it's something that they're figuring out but obviously they're not figuring out if they're not winning the series but i think that all these teams just need to like start keying in on that and they can start winning
1: mhm um i think the major thing is that uh the way the Heat's offense is built, it's not necessarily live or die by the three. Uh, It's if they can get inside and attack you and force your big man into foul trouble and then get a bunch of free throws, get to the line, and now everyone's collapsing in on that guy. Because I saw it. Uh, like, You get the big man into foul trouble. Now you have a worst rimmed protector in, and now everyone's collapsing on the driving guy. Now you can kick out past open three, and when their shooters like Caleb Morton, Gabe Vincent, and Max are all hitting, you can't beat them. You can't beat that. But it all yeah. relies on Jimmy Butler putting his head down, getting to the basket, forcing those like forcing uh, the, the defenders to make decisions, and then finding his open guys. Uh, what happened in this Nugget series though is he sort of started playing more passive, settling for jump shots and when he is attacking and he's not really drawing fouls on jokic like jokic is sort of avoiding contesting that like from what i've seen he's sort of all his fouls he's getting is on like mpj and aaron gordon but they're also really good defenders and able to avoid that so when he is kicking out the shots aren't as wide open the only shooter that's really been getting wide open shots is max truce and he just hasn't been able to hit all series so As long as that's happening, they're not going to be able to win in our game.
0: Yeah, you know, that actually kind of makes, like, a lot of sense, because at the beginning of the season, when I'm thinking of the Heat, I'm thinking of Jimmy and Bam. Like, just them doing everything, just give the ball to Jimmy, and then let him cook. But now we're kind of seeing a transition in the team, more to like, yes, give it to Jimmy, but Jimmy's going to pass it right away. Or... Jimmy's gonna drive in, and then he's gonna kick to one of the shooters. Like they're they're highlighting more of that like three point shooting now. Even with Tyler here out too, mm-hmm. it's still like Jimmy. Even though he's dropping a lot of points, he's not just like give it to him every time. You
1: know what I mean? Yeah. But with Tyler out, what this heat team really is is a bunch of catch and shoot role players. Like Jimmy, is the only one able to create his own shot. Gabe Vincent and uh Keller Martin also are, but it's not as efficient as if Tyler Hero was handling the ball, and he was able to get get to his spot, uh, create some offense for the team. And Martin and uh Gabe Vincent are more catch and shoot or uh, one dribble, sidestep. They're not really give me the ball and let me create my own shot or let me create someone else an open shot. So when you only have one player on the team, they can create opportunities for the guys around them. That's when you can sort of just key on key in on him. And that's what they did in game three. They talked about it. Give him a respectable amount of help, give Jimmy some help, but then make sure these other guys who are like catch-and-shoot players can't get their wide open shots off.
0: Yeah, and I'm actually interested to see next year how, when Tyler Hero comes back, how they really, like, transition it. Because when you have someone, like another shot creator like that, out on the floor, especially from three, I don't know how they're going to work that into what they're doing right now, because what they're doing right now works. And if you throw someone like that in there again, which, of course, he's great, but how do you, like, alter the game plan to still make everything work that you have right now, but also include a different style of player.
1: Mm-hmm. Especially with all these trade rumors going around with the Heat and Dame as well. It's going to be interesting to see how these like, shot creating point guards fit into this offense.
0: Exactly. The only thing, honestly, that I would think is kind of shift everyone around in the lineup and make Tyler Hero come in for Jimmy type of thing, because make it like, okay, we're going to transition you from the mid-range, and from the paint into the three-point, and we're going to kind of keep mixing it up that way. That way you don't have them both dominating the floor, kind of in those aspects, and you can kind of take the game plan that you're using right now and just make it work in a different way.
1: I don't know. Yeah, for a bit of the season, they had Tyler Hero as the sixth man, and then they sort of transitioned to Kyle Lowry being the sixth man. So they always have one of these, like, pure guards as their six man rather than starting all their best players together and that's so one of the reasons that their coach eric spolstra is like one of the best coaches in the league because he's finding ways to mix it up with this roster and try to. he's been responsible for some of the wins himself with uh his defensive schemes
0: yeah honestly you know honestly i forgot about that before like I'm trying to think back to the regular season, how they how they did it. Because Gabe Vincent and Caleb Martin weren't always starting, were they? No. No, okay. They were back when Tyler Hero came in. They came in off the bench. So that's actually, now that I'm thinking back, I remember that from the regular season, where they would have their starting lineup that puts up buckets and does their thing. And then when you put that bench in, it's a completely different game. It's like they're playing two different styles, but they both work. And I forgot about that.
1: Yeah. So, but that is, like, the Heat are just, they're an 8 seed, they're sort of overachieved, and with teams like that, when you overachieve, you're bound to fall back to Earth sometime. Mm-hmm. And it seems like that's, that's what's going on now. Yeah. But the East was really weird, because one team I on, want, or there's so, obviously, the uh, the Bucks and the Celtics both got ran through the heat. Well, the Celtics took it to 7, but they they were down 3-0, and then the game set was sort of a blowout. Uh, the Celtics didn't have the toughest playoff run. However, one team that the Celtics beat that I want to talk about, and a team that has sort of flown under the radar in terms of how disappointing they truly are, or they've been getting their slack but like, As the playoffs have gone on, they sort of like hit in a little is the 76ers with James Harden and Joel Embiid. You have the MVP of the league, a fully healthy roster. There was not a single injury this postseason, except for maybe Joel Embiid himself playing through injury. But to be honest, that doesn't really matter much because he's been injured every single playoff run. So there's like no hope to me anymore. That he's not going to be injured next playoff run. He's not going to be injured for every playoff run the rest of his career because we've yet to see a healthy playoff. All right, his mic cut out, so. Uh...
0: Oh, okay, we can hear him. Um, turn your mic up a little bit because we can't really hear you too well. James Harden drops a terrible performance game seven. There you go. Yeah, you're good
1: now. Okay, oh, what was the last thing I said? Um, Something about Game 7. He drops a terrible Game 7. James Harden drops a terrible Game 7. You're being outplayed by Harry Smagsy and Tobias Harris. And it seems like James Harden's going to leave in the offseason. He might not, but he might. Like, there's a good possibility he will. And this team just had no direction because they have Tobias Harris on a terrible contract. They have uh, um, Tyrese Maxey is like a side, decent point guard, but he's in that like Jordan Poole, Tyler Hero type of range. Your MVP drops every single playoff. Like, he had the biggest drop in points per game from a regular season to a playoffs ever. And it's the melt. they were up four points in the fourth quarter of Game 6 lost that game with James with uh Jason Tatum having a horrible game and then lose game 7.
0: Yeah, I didn't watch too much of that that series specifically. Um I remember hearing you talk about it with some of our other friends. But I mean, isn't Doc, Doc Rivers is gone now too, right? He's fired, Better. yeah. Yeah you think that that's going to make any adjustments for next season? I mean, if not they really. still have
1: Harden. Been, he's been a scapegoat for a while now. Like, when they choked 3-1 in the bubble, they fired Doc. And they still have not made the Clippers. They fired Doc, and they still have done nothing. Uh, the, the Sixers, how is Doc supposed to, like, control his two best players both having bad games in the same game? That's on Joel Embiid, and that's on James Harden. But that's more on Joel Embiid, because James Harden at least willed the team to a win by himself in Game 1. Had a good game in, I think it was Game 5. And played decent, he played bad in Game 6 and bad in Game 7. But he had decent, like, games in Game 2 and 3, and nuclear games in Game 1 and 5. So I don't know, like, where do you even go from here? Because James Harden is probably on still on the decline, so you can't expect that type of production from him again. And then mm-hmm. you want your MVP to step it up, but he's no-shown-known sign, no signs of being good in the playoffs. So. Yeah, that makes sense. I will give them a bit slack, though, because they were the underdogs in this series. But when you're up 3-2 and have a chance to close it at home, and then... You go and do that. That's just un- un- unexcusable.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, I think honestly, like the way we see the Celtics play, I feel like it's different depending on their opponent. I don't. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Or no. Like I don't. No, know, I, know I, I just feel like about. every time I watch them play, they're playing differently. Um, which I think is a good thing. Because I, I think it mainly
1: has to do with not really the Celtics, but it has to do more with the 76ers and the Heat. Um, I think just the Heat played more zone, which led to... And they sort of attacked Jalen Brown, specifically. They attacked his weaknesses. See, in the 76ers series, Jalen Brown was playing really badly, but he wasn't playing bad in like the they were forcing him to play bad. He was just missing shots. The Heat sort of forced him to his left, forced him, like, forced him to be uncomfortable, and that led to a bunch of turnovers. And then when Tatum was hurt, they Brown just sort of had to like chuck up shots, and he was like really inefficient. So I think that's the difference. It's the diff- I don't think it was necessarily the Celtics playing differently. It was just the Heat and the 76ers coaching strategies. Which I said earlier, Doc was used as scapegoat. Don't don't get me wrong, Doc wasn't good, but he also like wasn't the main issue. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, so I was gonna say that's a strength of them that they can play to the other, like what the other teams are doing. But now it seems more of like a, a weakness and even a coaching weakness. It is coaching
1: weakness, yeah. If you
0: can't. Uh, whoever you play against, then that's like that's an adjustment that needs to be made.
1: Yeah, it's I think it's their coach's first. Joe Missoula is his first year as, since they lost last year when they went to the finals with Ime Duka. Uh, Ime, Ud- Ud- uh, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. I know like, but they went to the finals with Ime and then he got fired for uh, cheating with one of the cheating on his wife with one of the staff, then they had to hire a new coach. And you could really see the like the difference in coaching and mentality in these playoffs than the last ones. Uh, last year, the Celtics had one of the biggest comebacks, not like turnarounds midseason, and they sort of rode down momentum all the way to the playoffs all the way to the finals. This year, the Celtics team sort of just looked defeated. And you could tell, like, in the Heat series, it was... He was horribly outcoached. Yeah. So. But. That's enough with the East. The East was really disappointing this season. Like, that Cavs-Knicks series was really bad. Like, the Cavs just looked outmatched. Uh, the Celtics-Hawks series was really bad. The Nets-Sixers series was horrible. Like, the Nets shouldn't even have been there. It's shocking that they still made the playoffs despite blowing it all up. But that's yeah. really bad. And then the second round, the Celtics Bucks Series, uh, 76 Series was really good. But watching that series, you could tell neither of those teams were really like, championship level. And then the Heat Knicks Series was also really bad. So the Heat was, the East was just really disappointing this season. All the, the big three teams, the Sixers, Bucks, and Celtics, all severely underperformed. And it was kind of just like, Next season, like, even last season, they got embarrassed. The really only serious team in the East is the Bucks, But they have issues with health, issues with coaching. And soon they're probably going to have issues with some of their players like Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday declining as well. So I'm not really scared of the East this year, and I'm not scared of the East three years to come. But, yeah.
0: Sorry, I'm... Busy texting back to my dad, um, but go ahead, all right let's move on to the next next team, or right, do you want to flip to the west now? What are we
1: thinking? I think we should flip to the west, okay. but what are your thoughts on the East as a whole, like the conf- just the strength of the conference and the teams in the conference
0: mm, yeah i mean i don't think I don't think there's a really strong team that came out of the east. I mean we were talking about the heat and how. Things kind of just like, they're down back to earth now. They had like a little bit of a highlight throughout there. Most of the series, they weren't that good, honestly. Um, But then again, I don't think the West was either.
1: Well, I definitely think the West was stronger because I think multiple teams in the West this season could have won the East easily. Mm -hmm. And I think like, Next year too, like the only team in the East that I really trust to win the chip will be the Bucks. And so I see, because if you think about like the last couple of finals, the like all the way up until like 2016 even, the only teams that have won the finals from the East have been the Bucks with Giannis, and then the Raptors with Kawhi. But since the Raptors lost Kawhi, they haven't really been in contention. So the East just hasn't really been a. Really strong conference in a while, and it'll yeah. just to be the way.
0: I think in terms of like the West against the West and the East against the East, it's fairly similar. Maybe the West is a little bit stronger, but in terms of West versus the East, I think the West is
1: stronger. If yeah. that makes sense. It does. I just think that the East um is more. Top heavy. Like the not like in terms of the conference, like the best teams in the East are all really close, but they're all like the the teams lower in the playoff brackets are like not anywhere close like compared to the rest of them. But then you have the teams in the West where like the gap between the one seed and the eight seed isn't really that big. Like, I could have seen the Timberwolves not beating the Nuggets now, but beating the Grizzlies, maybe. I could see that happening. So, there's more parity within the West. There's no really, like, strong number one team.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. I get that for sure. Well, now we can transition to the West, except for the Denver Nuggets, who really ran through the West this season. With ease, and I think with the way this team is built, with the contracts, with the age of everyone on the team, they could just do it next year, too.
0: Um, yeah, I agree with that actually. They definitely can just do it next year, too.
1: But, uh, we can dive more into like specific series as well. So, in the first round, we had. The six seed beating the three seed, which is the Warriors being the Kings, and the seven seed beating the two seed, which is the Lakers being the Grizzlies. And to be honest, neither of those were too shocking, even though like it was the two and the three seed losing. A lot of people actually uh, expected that to happen.
0: Um, yeah, so I don't know. Honestly, I don't know too much about the Kings series. I didn't really watch that. Um. I heard one of our friends talking about, "Oh, the Kings are going to win
1: this." It was probably the best series in the entire playoffs so far. It was, yeah.
0: I kind of just, I took a pass on that because I don't really care about the Kings. I don't really care about the Warriors. I mean, the Warriors—they're fun to watch sometimes, but I don't know. I wasn't too interested in that series. and It was the beginning of the playoffs. I'm like, All right, let me pass over.
1: Uh, but yeah, that that series went to. A... One to seven, um the Kings had a two o lead, and I sort of thought at that point that it was over, well, not over, but like I thought that the Kings would end up winning seven because the Warriors have been a terrible road team, like this year, like historically bad on the road, um so when the Warriors did tie it up two two, I was really worried. I thought, but then the Warriors took a three two lead and that game six in Oracle. Was one of the greatest things I've ever watched. Like that Kings team had one of the most impressive games from a team I think I've ever seen. Like Sabonis was completely shut off, pretty much the entire series. Really, he didn't really play well. Uh, and then obviously that whole Draymond Green stomping on his chest and thing couldn't really help, couldn't have really helped. But um, to go into Oracle. And take that fourth quarter by storm and sort of like blow them out. I truly thought they were going to win game seven and then go on to the Western Conference Finals. Like after that game, I was convinced. But to see that series and the way it ended was sort of disappointing. And I don't know what direction the Kings take next year because Sabonis really showed that in the playoffs, she can be a liability. But I I think they overachieved, and I think this is really uh surprising and welcoming welcoming season for Kings, and the fans should be happy with how it went.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, we haven't seen the Kings, like, in contention for ages.
1: They haven't made the playoffs since, like, we've been born.
0: Yeah, so now to just give them, like, a little bit of hope is good. They got some adjustments to make. They have a couple of things to figure out, but, I mean, at least they, they've they been there now. You know, if they kind of know what it's like. And that's they have the same some thing. Yeah, that's the same thing with the Knicks last year. They, they got into the playoffs. They didn't get very far, but at least they figured some things out. They know how the playoffs is now. They see who performs well, who doesn't, and they adjust accordingly.
1: Mm-hmm. But the Warriors went on to lose the very next series to the Lakers, who the Lakers in that Grizzly series really um that 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 series was kind of it was the most hilarious series of the entire playoffs with the Dylan Brooks trash talk <laughs> and then that first quarter loot like I think it was the first quarter of Game Three, where they were down like nine to thirty at the end of the first, mm-hmm. and they were down three one. They they won that one game off that like forty point jaw performance, but that series just felt entirely in the Lakers' control, especially with that with that one game where it was like going into overtime, but they had one last shot, and Jaw puts up a shot eighty just smacked it like in the <laughs> half court. Yeah. Like, the entire series was just devastating for the Grizzlies. And then right after that series, Sean Moran going on Instagram live and showing a gun once again, <laughs> potentially getting suspended. Like that team is just a mess. And Dylan Brooks not being brought back under any circumstances, like the downfall of the Grizzlies was one of the funniest things of our witnesses an NBA fan.
0: Yeah. Um I kind of—I'm making a public apology. I don't know if I've ever said it on here about how John Moran's my favorite player. He's disbanded from my my list of favorite players. I no longer affiliate with him. Um, yep, that's my closing statement.
1: Like I don't know how a player can be that dumb. Like he's been giving so many chances. He had to go on an interview with Jalen Rose just to declare that like I'm better now. I've taken therapy. I'm good. Yeah. And- goes and does this shit again. That, and then, I mean, of course
0: it's going to affect him on the court, too. Of course it is. I mean, you can't let stuff like that just like blow by you and just go about your day on the NBA. Like,
1: that's not Mm -hmm. how it works. Yeah. But, and we can get more into the, well, first we can talk about, yeah, we can talk about the Lakers-Warriors series real quick. Um, that series ended in I think yeah, it ended in six. That Warriors team just looks very directionless. Like they were down a lot of the series and LeBron didn't even have a particularly good series. Um, but Jordan Poole <laughs> was absolutely horrible that series. Draymond really couldn't buy himself a bucket. The, a major re- reason they won against the Kings was that Looney was this force on the rebounds, and he still was. But Anthony Davis was at least able to neutralize that a little. Uh, Anthony Davis played really good defense the entire series, and even when he got switched on to Curry, he kind of locked Curry up as well. So, and then Jordan Poole not being able to buy a shot. Game six, Clay being horrible. Game Klay was just horrible the entire series, really. Uh, and then there's only so much Curry can do. But the Lakers just looked more in control. Their role players played good. Austin Reeves played really good. Nathan Davis played really good. Uh, D'Lo had a couple moments. And then, yeah. I like, There was not really much the Warriors could do when Jordan Poole and Klay Thompson, who was like, $80 million of their salary cap just me nothing.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, the thing is with the Lakers, they're a very strong team. So I feel like – I mean, I said this at the beginning of the playoffs in the West that the Lakers – if the Lakers and the Nuggets first each other, the winner of that is going to win the finals. That, Like, I was saying that from – I don't know, I think it was after the the Kings-Warriors series. Mm -hmm. I'm like, if these two teams face each other, the winner of that is going to the finals, and they're going to win. Because they're both, like, we'll get into the Nuggets soon, I'm sure. But the Lakers are just, like, such a strong team, especially with AD. If he plays, then you have a great team, especially the role players coming up, too. Austin Reeves, as you were saying. D'Lo had some moments. Kevon Looney with the rebounds and stuff. I mean, I didn't see necessarily him being a force on rebounds. But if the stats say, I mean, there it is. Wait, mm-hmm. am I stupid?
1: Yeah, Kevon Looney plays for the Warriors. Yeah,
0: yeah. I was about to say, I'm kind of dumb. Okay, well, statement still stands. If he was a force on rebounds and he got neutralized by AD, then there you go. Obviously, we see how, how good AD is. Yep. Turn that right around. <laughs> so I did not just say that Kevon Looney plays
1: for the Lakers. That's um, crazy. But no, that series wasn't really... everyone. I thought it was going to be a classic. It really wasn't. It wasn't that entertaining. But I'm glad that we got to see LeBron versus Curry one last time. Um, and I'm glad LeBron won it. Because... I'm LeBron. LeBron's on the agenda. Yep. So, uh, and then the other series I want to talk about real quick because there was not really nothing notable in the Nuggets-Wolves series. Well, actually, I think the best – actually, I think the the best series for the Nuggets was the nuggets Timberwolves series because, yes, the, Lakers, the Suns won two games – and the Lakers were competitive every single game. But I think the games that the Suns lost were kind of, like, blowouts. But the games the Timberwolves lost, besides game one, they were all really close. And Anthony Edwards gave us a bigger challenge than both LeBron and AD did. Like, next year, the Timberwolves, they trade Cat, get some, like, get somebody else, let Rudy just dominate the paint, have a good defending power forward, get a better shooting guard next to Ant, trade Cat for maybe Scoot. I've seen that. Like, trade into Portland for the third overall pick. I've seen that been thrown around. That Timberwolves team could really cause some issues if Ant takes the next step like he's projected to. Because Rudy is able to anchor some of the top defenses in the league. And Anthony Edwards can... He's he can generate some offense for himself and the players around him. Like, he's a good playmaker as well. So in that series, the Timberwolves really gave us the biggest one for our money.
0: Yeah. I mean the the Timberwolves they do have the potential to be great. Like I I've, I've always been a Timberwolves supporter, you know. They just don't they don't get there. Which I don't know what's stopping them. That's more of like Something you would
1: know. I mean, this um, year simply they just ran into the best game in the league in the first round. Like they could have easily made it to the Western Conference Finals had they beaten the league. If they were if Rudy didn't get suspended in the last game of the season for punching Kyle Anderson, they probably make the Western Conference Finals. Yeah, I they think, do they have potential to be great. I think I think they, they beat do. the Grizzlies in a series. I think they definitely beat the Grizzlies in a series, actually. I think they beat The the Warriors, and he said, That's not crazy. I think they beat the Warriors in a series. I think that series goes seven, but I think they could definitely. Mm -hmm. Because I don't think. I think Rudy Gobert is a better rebounder than Kevin Looney. I think he might be the only. Rudy's one of the better rebounders in the league. Uh, He's definitely a good defensive player. The only issue could be, like, you see Rudy switch on a Gobert. Or, sorry, Rudy switch on a Curry. But. I mean, every big man gets switched onto a guard. That's not really, like, yeah. if you can find a way to keep Rudy in the paint, which I'm sure that's a part of the Terminal's game plan, then you take off those Curry driving lanes and you just let the shooters be shooters, which, as we saw, Clay wasn't really hitting, Poole wasn't really hitting, and then Draymond's not really to do anything. So I think they mm-hmm. could definitely put the Warriors in a series and then they lose to the Nuggets in the Western Conference Finals instead of the first round. Yeah, definitely makes sense. But uh, Before we talk about the Nuggets versus the Lakers, I don't really want to talk about Nuggets-Suns because the major storyline there was just Devin Booker and KD went nuclear for two games and the Hawks left because they have no death. No depth. I want to talk mm-hmm. about the Suns versus the Clippers, which I think if the Clippers were healthy... With Paul George and with Kawhi, the Clippers win that series in seven. Because Kawhi was like in that one game he played was putting the clamps on KD. Like it was, you watch that game back. He got a steal on KD and then dunked it. And that, like in that moment, I was like, oh my god, this series like, if even without Paul George, the Clippers might be able to win this. Like Kawhi was playing out of his mind. Westbrook had a three seventeen game in that first game. And he still like got the game winning block, and Devin Booker was playing out of his mind. And then started like, with Kawhi out, he was putting up 30 point playoff performances, 28 point playoff performances. Like, if Paul George was healthy, they probably make it to the second round. They probably lose to Denver because Jokic has been. I mean, Denver's just owned the Clippers since that since the bubble. They've like, I think lost the Clippers once. So they still lose in the second round, but I really think like if the Clippers were healthy, they would have beat that Suns team. And I think that Suns team really was really disappointing. Actually, I thought I thought they would make like be better. I thought they would make the Suns Nuggets series more competitive, but the only thing they won two games is because Devin Booker shot eighty percent from the field, and KD dropped like thirty five. Yeah. And then the Suns also, over the offseason, cut Chris Paul. Who Great move. LeBron's one of the players on my agenda. Chris Paul is also one of my players on my agenda. But for the opposite reason, I hate Chris Paul. He's one of my anti-agenda players, actually. So, I'm so glad he got cut. Westbrook would never get cut. Um, I'm so glad Chris Paul got cut. And I'm, I'm worried that they might replace him with Kyrie. But I think they'll take the more strategic route and try to get like better role players around KD and Devin Booker, so that they don't have to combine for like eighty points just to win a, a single, like just to win a game in the playoffs next season. But the Sun the, the Suns' downfall is just beautiful to see, man. I've been rooting against them ever since they swept the Nuggets. I think it was two years ago, and. I, I I just, I hate that team. I hate that team, and I'm glad they lost in six, and they should have lost in the first round. There's, there's nothing interesting about them.
0: Yeah. I mean, I have a little issue here with my uh, refrigerator, so that's why I'm not talking too much. Um, but, yeah, I agree. They don't do too much.
1: And then DeAndre Aiden's just soft, like he's so soft. So, but that's enough. I I don't want to talk about the Suns anymore. I like they did. They disgust me. Okay. We can talk about the Western Conference Finals where the Nuggets swept the Lakers. Okay. Um. What the hell was that? Um. Every single game in that series, you could say, was competitive. But I don't really, like, care. Like, in game one, the Nuggets controlled most of the game. The Lakers made a fake fourth-quarter comeback. And then you saw, like, the Nuggets just take over in the last couple of minutes. And then you saw Lakers fans saying, oh, they they hit a couple of lucky shots. That's never going to happen again. Or Jokic was, like, struggling against Roy Hachimura. If we just put Roy on him, then we're going to win every game of the series. Lakers in six. And then the Nuggets proceeded to... like Even with Roy on him, Jokic just passed out of it, found the open man. KCB shot out of his mind. MPJ shot out of his mind. Jamal hit some crazy shots. Jokic continued to hit crazy shots. And every, every scheme in this playoffs after game one and after game two, has just been like... The Nuggets can't keep shooting like that for an entire series. Once they go back down to earth, we're going to win. And then the mm-hmm. Nuggets proceeded to keep shooting like that for an entire series and end up winning. Every single series has been a different story. In the Timberwolves series, that was sort of a – that was more of a team effort. In the Suns series, that was a full, like, Yolkish-Jamal series. Like, both of them took over. And then the Lakers. That was also that was that was more of a uh, a KCP and an MPJ series. And then against the Heat, this is more of an Aaron Gordon and a Christian Brown series. And per- sorry, I got a phone call. Throughout all of it, the only constants have been Jokic, Jamal, and Bruce Brown, which that that's surprising to say. But Bruce Brown's been consistently good this entire playoffs. Well, these other players; these other players have had their moments. Aaron Gordon's like not really had any bad moments, but he's been like he's not really. He's been great defensively, but offensively, he's been like some series he's just taking a back seat, and that's not a shot on him. He hasn't taken a back seat because he was like forced to. He's taken a back seat because he wanted to like other. He's taking a back seat because other guys were thriving. Like, I'm sure in that Lakers series, he could have had more of an impact, but, like, MPJ was on, like, hitting all the shots. KCP was on hitting those, those shots. So he just naturally, like, let those players play good, and he just played his role. So Aaron Gordon mm-hmm. in this playoffs has been, like, our third best player, and I'm really happy we got him, and I'm really happy we signed him to a four-year contract, and he's going to continue being on the steam. So, yeah.
0: That's good. I mean, you're the big Nuggets fan, so I kind of, I'm giving you the floor for this.
1: Well, like, was, that Lakers uh, series was just really infuriating to, like, hear the media talk about. Because after every game, it was always how the Lakers are going to bounce back or how the Lakers showed to how the Lakers lost. The Lakers were just simply a worse team. Like, they never stood a chance against this Nuggets team. Like, they looked at the bubble and saw AD play good against Jokic and I was like, this is going to happen again. Like, Jokic wasn't, like, like Jokic isn't 100 times better than he was in the bubble. Like the series was never even close. Like the Nuggets just had such a better team. But D'Angelo Russell became a non-factor in that series. LeBron had his like, was able to get his own, but like, none of the other team, none of the team could do anything. And so, like, it's what I, it's like expected. There wasn't really a moment in that series where I thought the Lakers were going to win, even though all the old media after Game One came out saying. Like, if a loss of every front is like a win, this is it. Like, the Lakers have figured something out. Like, no. That's just... It was... The Nuggets were never going to lose that series.
0: Okay, sorry. I can't seem to figure out what's going on here. It's really annoying me. But,
1: but, yeah. That was the majority of the playoffs. And then we can quickly just talk about the finals real quick. Well, okay. we've talked about the finals already with the Heat coming back down the earth, but we can go into like a couple more things. So, a couple things I want to talk about is well, the first thing I want to talk about is Game Three. Uh, we oh, both, yeah you we yeah. both live in Miami, or no, we both live an hour Near away, Miami. an hour yeah. away of Miami. Yeah. Uh, but I went to the game uh i was sitting behind like behind the hoop pretty much like i could see the court uh from behind where the hoop was and that game was really never like the second quarter we took a i think it was a 9 point lead and then we sort of like never looked back and Jokish had a 30 20 triple double jamal murray had a 30 point triple double triple double And it was really just, from that moment on, I sort of, like, knew that the Nuggets were going to win this series. Like, they had no answer for Yogi's in the mall. And none of our other players even had a good game. So, or Christian Brown did. But I knew that the way this Nuggets team is built, next game someone else was going to step up, and Aaron Gordon stepped up. He had, like, 27 points. And then tonight someone else is gonna step up. It's just we when Yoko and Jamal are going, this team is unbeatable. And then even when they're not going, someone else always comes up big. So I don't really see a way this Nuggets team loses tonight. I think tonight we finally get the Michael Porter Jr. game. Um I think. Aaron Gordon has a big game as well. I think it's just going to be a, a team victory. Like, Yoke is going to have 20, 10, and 10. Jamal's going to have, like, his 12 points. Aaron Gordon's going to have his 12 points. Good defense. Michael Ward Jr. is going to have, like, 20 points. Bruce Brown's going to have 15. Like, I think it's just going to be a well rounded team victory in Denver. Close it out. Get our first ring. Uh, one thing I have seen, though, is that Tyler Hero has been upgraded to questionable.
0: I mean, no. if if they're gonna put it, in, put him in. I mean, obviously, put him in this game. You don't really have much of a choice.
1: I think he's gonna play tonight.
0: Well, if he plays tonight, we'll see what happens. I mean, I don't really think that going to take a drastic turn, but yeah. it'll definitely it'll impact the way that some of these things happen because their defense is gonna have to change and stuff. But I think I think that can make the like I think they could tweak their defense to. Match it, you know what I
1: mean? Yeah, I think Denver definitely wins tonight. I think it's over. The the Heat are just unmatched, and this is Denver's year. This has been Denver's year. There's not a single point this season where I didn't think the Nuggets were gonna win the championship. Like throughout the entire season, throughout the entire season, I was 100 percent convinced that we were gonna be to the- win, and we just ended. We just did. Like we have, we have too many. This team is too well built. Like we have Jokic, we have a cutter. Right next to him, Aaron Gordon, one of the best cutters in the game, one of the best defenders in the game. We have someone who can create his own shots in Jamal. We have shooters in uh, MPJ and KCP. Uh, Another Cutter and Bruce Brown. Another Cutter and Christian Brown. And uh, then really the main thing, because that team, that's good enough to, like, contend for a championship itself. But the thing that sets us apart and puts us in a different league from every other team in the league, it's the two man game between Jamal and Jokic. That really, like, when that is on, no team in the league can beat them. Uh, they just complement each other so well, and they get wide open shots. Or not wide open, they get shots for each other that are extremely hittable for these guys. Like, Jamal has a low post fadeaway, Jokic has his little, like, floater or his, uh, uh, Sambor shuffle he gets, or a wide-open, like, yeah, a wide-open floater in the middle of the paint, which, those are, sh- like, Jamal and Jokic get those shots for each other with the way they just play off of each other, and then when that's hitting, and then you have all the defense focused on those two, and you can hit Michael Ward Jr. in the corner, or you can hit A.G. in the dunker spot. Best off in the league, bar none, like, no teams can compete, and then on the defensive end, it Michael Malone has his, uh, has his guys ready, has his scheme ready. KCP is a great defender on the wing. Jamal is a great defender. Michael Ford Jr. has made like a massive improvement on the defensive end. Aaron Gordon's the best defender on the entire team. And then Jokic has been an above-average defender this season. And I don't see any of that changing next season. Like The only thing that's going to change is Bruce Brown's longer going to be on the team. But with Christian Brown getting more playing time, Peyton Watson coming up, Isaiah Cumminggate coming up, we can ease—not easily, but we can sort of somewhat replace Bruce- Bruce's production. Uh, the team might get a little worse, but even if this team gets a little worse, I still think they're going to be the best in the league. I don't see a team being able to compete with us. I don't see a team that can really counter Jokic or stop Jokic. I don't see a team that can stop the Jokic Jamal Tume game. No team is built to stop us because no team has ever seen a Nikola Jokic, a big man that can pass, a big man that can has no flaws offensively.
0: I actually I saw a TikTok this morning of Jokic and Jamal back in the two thousand nine USA versus international game, where Jamal and I think yeah Jamal and Jokic were both in high school, um, and they. It was like the early, the early chemistry between them, where you'd see like a little play set up between them. Jokic ended up missing the shot, but it was kind of like what we see now, but in the early stages, back before, it was all like glorified.
1: Mm-hmm. So, I'm just like, that's an good fan, I don't think, this happened with the Broncos too, where like, I saw my team win a chip. I don't think it's ever getting better than this. Like, this season was absolute cloud nine for me. Like, the last couple of seasons, with Jamal being hurt, MPJ being hurt, falling, not falling, but the last couple of seasons, I never expected us to contend. This season, I expected us to contend. We came out, did our thing. Next season, we're probably going to come out and do our thing. It's like... I'm, I'm it's never going to get better than this as a, as a Nuggets fan.
0: Yeah, I mean... If they keep, they keep going like this, they start getting some new talent in, like some young players, we can see them contend for a while.
1: I don't see a single team that can beat us. Like, the only team I'm scared of, even this season, the only team I was scared of, and this is why I'm so grateful for the Lakers, was the Warriors. Like, I've been saying it since, like, since even they were, like, projected to make the play-in. I do not want to play the Warriors. Like if I played the Warriors, if we played the Warriors in the first round, I might have cried. Like genuinely, they were the only team in the league I'm scared of, and still probably they're the only team in the league I'm scared of. So.
0: And why? Why is that? Would you say?
1: Oh my god, bro! When they're hitting shots, it makes me. Want it's just.
0: To... It's like the explosiveness.
1: like? Oh, and then they had to defend. They actually have like. I mean, Jokic was cooking them up last season, but they do have the smartest defender in the entire league, and Draymond. They do have a big body and Kevon, who can sort of like neutralize Jokic's production on the offensive rebounds. Uh, Curry and Clay, they're they're just they're zone beaters. Like I, Curry might be the only player who's better at beating his own than Jokic. Uh and then when those two are hitting shots, it's it's over. Like <laughs> I I physically cannot watch another Nuggets versus Warriors series ever. Like I i I can't handle it. Especially last season when we had Will Barton as our second best player trying to go shot for shot with Steph Curry and Say Thompson. I was traumatized. And yeah, it was a close. Like we lost in five, but some of the games on the stretch were close. And now we have a, like a completely different team with Michael Jr. Michael Porter Junior. and Jamal Murray. I just never want to see it ever again. Like I'm, I, I, I can't deal with that.
0: Where is Will Barton now? Is he still on the team? He's, he's on think he, a minute.
1: He's on Toronto. Okay. He got yeah, traded I didn't see too much of him. He got traded with Monte Morris for um. For KCP and Ishmith, mm, okay. Which Ishmith, thirteen seasons in the league. This is 13th team. Maybe he's about to get his first ring. Uh, DeAndre no. Jordan played with those Clippers teams. Played with the Nets. Played with the Sixers for a little for like last season, I think. Um, about to get his first ring. Uh, who else is about to get their first ring? Jeff Green. He's about to get his first ring. Like, it's it's all coming to fruition tonight, and I can't believe it.
0: All right. Well, we'll see.
1: Yes, we will see tonight. I think that's. I think we're done for today, though. Yeah. Uh, no.
0: We might make a little recap podcast after the finals, kind of just let you know what we thought of it. Maybe some like draft things about what we're going to see next year.
1: Yeah, with Victor and Scoot and Brandon Miller.
0: Yeah, possible trades. Hopefully more trades will start developing by with, then.
1: Yeah, with Dame being on the market and then the free agents like James Harden and Kyrie. Mm-hmm. So.
0: Alright, so this has been another episode of Couple of Sixes.
1: And we'll see you next time.